Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. The potential for a nuclear disaster in Ukraine is now so high, residents around a nuclear plant in the southeast of the country have been receiving iodine tablets to help protect them against cancer if the worst occurs. Inspectors from the International Atomic Energy Agency have rushed to Zaporizhia to assess the nuclear plant that's controlled by Russia and has been under increasing attack. Today, physicist Edwin Lyman on the very real threat of a radioactive meltdown. Ed Lyman... In March, there was a concerning turn in the war in Ukraine because the Russians seized control of Europe's largest nuclear power plant in Zaporizhia. What did you think at the time that that happened? Well, at the time that happened, when Russia started lobbing artillery shells at the plant and when a fire broke out, it was of extreme concern. Repeated shelling in the Zaporizhia region has sparked further fears of a radiation leak at its nuclear power plant. Because one thing that a nuclear power plant doesn't handle too well is a large fire. It was an act of war that was uh, very inappropriate because this is a civilian facility that produces power for peaceful use and it needs to be protected. It's a significant plant, isn't it? It provides a lot of Ukraine's energy. What happened, remind me, after the Russians took control of this plant? Well, the the military took control. The Ukrainian staff continued to operate for some period of time. There was a concern that the staff were not changing shifts. After all, who would voluntarily go into that work environment? There's uh, evidence that the Russians were intimidating the staff, not allowing them to report safety issues, accusing them of being spies or saboteurs. And then Russians started to move military vehicles and possibly other military equipment onto the plant. So they were not running this plant in the way that it should be run to keep it safe. And over time, uh, there are reports that are still unconfirmed Uh, that they were using the plan as a base to shell Ukraine positions and cities on the other side of the river that it's on and uh, essentially daring the Ukrainians to strike back. And apparently they were trying to retaliate or take out positions that were close to the plant but not actually on the plant itself. Russia then accused Ukrainians of trying to destroy the plant and they're uh, locked in this stalemate where each side is accusing the other of trying to damage the plant. As you mentioned, we don't really know who's responsible for the shelling near the plant. Recently, Ukrainians and the Russians deny that, but we can see even Pope Francis is calling for calm. I want to get a sense from you now of how things could spiral out of control at this plant. We can see reports that there are holes in the roof should we be concerned by that? Yes, well, it's important to understand that the, the, the plant is 
fairly robust and that the safety systems and the most dangerous parts of the plant, like the nuclear fuel in the reactors, is contained in, under a fairly strong uh, concrete or reinforced concrete containment buildings. The buildings that were damaged are auxiliary buildings with storage of other materials, uh, some of which may be or have low-level radiation, but others uh, are not particularly hazardous, and those aren't as well protected. The, the biggest threat, though, is the external electrical system because nuclear power plants need power from outside to operate their safety systems. And uh, at Zaporizhia last week, there was another serious event where the plant did lose all its offsite power temporarily due to damage to the power lines going into the plant. And even though that was uh, corrected, there's always that possibility. Mm, and if power is lost, what would happen if that occurred? Uh, nuclear power plants have multiple um, power sources, and they're designed to be able to keep the plant safe, even if they lose off-site power. So they have backup diesel-powered generators, and this plant has 20 of them uh, for their six reactors, but they don't always work, and especially if they haven't been maintained properly. So if you lose both the off-site power and the backup diesel generators, there are other emergency measures that could be employed, but only have a few hours to be able to set those up before the core might start to melt. So if you recall the Fukushima accident in Japan 2011. They'd been warning of another explosion and today it happened. Part of reactor unit three at Fukushima power plant blew up. News of the explosion caused alarm among those who'd survived the quake and tsunami only to be told that it was no longer safe to stay in their home because of the risk of nuclear contamination. You had a site that lost both off-site and on-site diesel power, and the first reactor started to have a melt within a few hours. So unless you can get cooling water into those cores using your emergency equipment, then things might spiral out of control. And the workers, you mentioned them before. There's obviously real concern about whether or not they're able to do their jobs to the fullest extent now. So the first problem is that if you have um, workers who are under stress, whose families may be threatened, who are feeling like they're in danger, then they may not be able to perform. And then if there is a crisis, like the kind of total loss of power I described, they have to be able to perform you know, within a couple of hours to, again, uh, find this emergency equipment, move it to where it's needed, set it up, and that all those processes introduce the potential for human error. And without that, then you could have chaos. So if any of those scenarios come about, what happens? What does it look like? I can see that people are concerned that it would be like another Chernobyl disaster. It's now clear that the Soviet Union has suffered one of the worst disasters in the history of nuclear power. Is that what we should expect? Well, uh, Chernobyl certainly showed that it's possible to have a nuclear reactor accident in Ukraine and have it affect not only the surrounding area, but also can impact Eastern uh, Europe. In an unprecedented step, the Kremlin acknowledged there'd been an accident, but only after Scandinavian scientists had picked up high radiation levels. So Chernobyl uh, was bad enough that it contaminated agricultural products in France and in the UK. In this case, the 
type of reactors at Zaporizhia are somewhat less vulnerable to what happened at Chernobyl. So it's more likely that there would be a slower uh, release, probably a smaller release, at least uh, in the early stages, and therefore the consequences might be contained more to the local areas in, in Ukraine, maybe uh, dozens of kilometers. But there's always some radiation that's going to spread further, and um, it's really unpredictable. It depends on how much damage there is, the nature of the accident, and the weather conditions. I guess the next question is how can they stop a disaster happening? Because it seems like the fighting around that power plant isn't letting up. It looks like it's being used, that power plant, as a tool in the war. Yes, well, that's why there has to be you know, a concerted international effort to lower the, the tension. Now, uh, Ukraine has launched a counteroffensive in the south of the country. They're trying to retake Russian positions. There is the danger that they will decide that they need to take the plant back under any circumstances. And in that case, uh, if there's an all-out battle uh, for the plant, that would be disastrous. So the only alternative really is for the Russians to retreat and turn them back over to Ukraine or to agree to a demilitarized zone where somehow they can both operate the plant cooperatively to provide electricity and ensure that it's not going to be subject to military attack from either side. But I wouldn't be too optimistic. And mm, in, in your view, what's the likelihood that this could end quite badly? I hate to try to put numbers on things, um, but I would say it's probably a coin toss at this point. I think things could get out of control. Again, there really has to be a concerted effort to, to try to resolve this situation peacefully and without the threat of further damage to the plant. Edwin Lyman is the Director of Nuclear Power Safety at the Union of Concerned Scientists, a non-profit think tank. It's the first time in history that an active battlefield has surrounded a nuclear plant. The International Atomic Energy Agency wants to establish a permanent presence at the plant, which is the largest in Europe. This episode was produced by Sydney Peed. Additional production by Flint Duxfield, Chris Dengate and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. Over the weekend, catch This Week with David Lipson. He'll be looking at the guilty verdict in the Chris Dawson trial. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again on Monday. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.